Hey everyone, and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm Nicole Kamanjian. I'm here with Cody Richard and the host of this show, Jeff Rappaport. This is episode 221, and today we're going to do part three of continuing to talk about deals that we're currently working on. This episode's gonna be about commercial deals. So while listening to this episode, if you guys have questions, please head over to the Creative Financing Podcast Facebook group. If you're not part of that community, just search the Creative Financing Podcast in Facebook and ask to join. Uh, We're going to have live sessions on the second Thursday of every month. So please bring your questions. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can ask your questions on the co- in the comments below. If you get value from this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to the show. We also want your feedback, so please rate and review wherever you listen. All right, so hopefully you guys, your heads aren't spinning so much from the last episode. and uh, I apologize, but I, it's something that I'm working on, and I thought that uh, you guys and as well as our listeners would find at least interesting so hopefully i didn't confuse you too much um so today what we're going to talk about is um how i'm using some different owner finance on some deals that we're dealing with that are commercial and uh so let's look at one right off the bat and cody i I want you to to look at this real quick just and just look at this section right here the bold you can see that right yeah if you could zoom in a little bit it may help this is a a storage unit um facility yeah there you go is that better yeah that works okay um but I, i want you to tell me as far as the terms go what sticks out to you the actual timeline it's a little open-ended right now it's the first thing that popped out for me so what do you mean tell me they use the under finance to acquire quickly and then easily but the term is 60 months so Mm -hmm. uh, that was just my added what 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 stands out to you nicole does anything stand out to you based on what the terms are um and let let me read it just in case you're listening um so the price says purchase price 1.6 million dollars um okay the the owner is willing to finance the down payment is 560,000 the interest rate is 5.5 percent the payment would be 5,905 dollars per month principal and interest and the term would be 60 months that down payment is pretty significant. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that down second payment, try is not that bad. What's that? Second try is not that bad. No, not bad at all. Um, so I didn't put together these terms. Uh, you know, I have a partner that I am working with on this, and he put together the terms. And so that down payment includes the down payment that he agreed to with the seller plus it includes an assignment fee and you are right that is over 30 percent down and normally i would and that was my first response was that that's too much right Uh, but as i started to think about it a little bit i started to wonder when would it be okay to 
get that kind of down payment. Um, and a lot of buyers would say, well, I can go to the bank and get those terms. And they're, they're kind of right. Um, however, is that really what you want to be doing? Because this is not a, this is not a, an asset that is performing to its highest level, right? That, you know, it's got a 64% occupancy rate right now. The rents are low. Um, the seller, uh, the owner is using 25 storage units for his own well, you know, being. He's using part of the three fourths of a warehouse that should be bringing in like $1,800 brings in $180. So is this really where you want to go? Do you really want to go to a bank and get financing on it when it's at this point? Um, because it's not well performing, right? Banks want to see better performing assets. So, so is the main ahead. issue with going to a bank that they would have a harder time loaning on something like this because it's yeah, poorly they, they, they're gonna they, they're going to have some issues that yeah they, they get it that you're going to it would be like going and getting a bank on a rehab, right? Um, there are loans, there are FHA 203k loans that you can get to rehab a property. But if you were to go to a conventional bank and say, look, I'm buying this property at 50% loan to value, uh, but you know, it's a piece of crap. Um, and I gotta fix it. Do you think they all want to lend you the money? Yeah, it sounds like more risk. Yeah, not necessarily, right? So uh, and especially with commercial, they want to see that uh, they'd rather this be more turnkey when they lend you the money, right? So in this case, that's where I think it's okay to have a bigger down payment. Now, I probably would have worked on this interest rate and, um, and I would have tried to get this down payment down a bit. But the way I look at this is that one, um, is raising $560,000 as a down payment easier than raising the full purchase price of 1.6 million? Yeah, I would think it is. Um, second, the goal really should be, you know, we talk a lot about burst strategy, especially in more residential and small multifamily, but in commercial, that's what it's all about is burst strategy, right? Being able to um, raise rents, increase occupancy, deal with deferred maintenance, get rid of bad property managers and increase the value and then refinance and pay off your investors or pay off your bridge financing or whatever and hopefully own the property without any money in it, right? Um, that's pretty popular strategy. Well, in this case, that, that's exactly what you're doing, right? You're putting in 560,000, you now own this property. Yes, I know it's probably on a little bit on the high side, but now you control it. Yeah, you don't have to go qualify for any loans. You know, bridge financing is gonna be eight or 9%. Hard money is gonna be 12% plus. Um, so all of these are better options than actually going and and getting loans. Um, and 
the goal really is, is that that was the point of this paragraph for 12 to 18 months is that go fix the problems over the course of the first you know, six to 12 months. And then banks usually want to see six to 12 more months of seasoning. Now you, you know, well, let's say in two years, you can go refinance and get all of this money back. Um, so I started thinking about this myself because I didn't like it. And, but as I looked into it more, I realized that it's really not that bad and uh, wouldn't be the way I'd like to structure all my deals. But I, if you're looking at a value add opportunity, maybe the down payment being on the high side isn't necessarily the issue. Even the interest rate, which I, I'm not super fond of, but I already know um, if you went to a bridge financer, you're going to pay almost for sure eight, nine percent. And if you go hard money, it's going to be a minimum 10 percent and more like 12 plus percent end points. So in reality, this isn't as bad as it looks. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I know this isn't the, the topic that we're covering. I, I have a question about the down payment. So I know you've been doing this a long, long time. I'm sure you have plenty of connections can raise that money for the down payment if needed. Yeah. If you're someone that's newer in the creative financing or real estate in general, how would you suggest starting to get that money raised? If you're gonna, for, if you wanted to buy this for yourself, yeah, yeah. So you could look at it in a couple of different ways, okay? So one would be um, you could look to create a fund and syndicate it, right? Where you, you've got to um, look at, you've got to follow all the rules because now you're under SEC um, guidelines, okay? I, I'm not a huge fan of doing that. Uh, Certainly, you can do things and you can buy much bigger properties by doing that, but uh, that's certainly one option. Another option is to bring in a lender or a lender slash part owner. And uh, so I, I could bring in a partner, right? Could I say, um, I, I want to find someone that's got the down payment and hey, you're bringing in about, let's say, a third of the purchase price, so I'll give you a third of the ownership. Um, uh, simple as that. Or I can structure it as a loan where I can borrow this and I'll pay, you know, maybe something like 5% interest only. And when I refinance and I pay you back, uh, if there's any cash flow actually before, I'll pay you based on that as well. And after the refinance, I may pay you some of the refinance proceeds and or I might give you cash flow in perpetuity. So I, I can structure this in a number of ways. Uh, really the only thing that you gotta know is that, hey, when you start, um, when you're not securing someone with the collateral, and you are, you know, pooling people's money together, you are basically syndicating. And if you don't do that in the right way, now you can get yourself into trouble. So make sure that you do it the right way. Makes sense. All right, let's look at one other. Um, and I don't even know if it's 
worth looking at, but let's talk about it because I think that this is a good example. And I think Cody, you will remember this deal. Um, uh, and we won't mention any areas because um, it's still ongoing, but uh, we are working on a 68 unit apartment building and it's in a smaller city, very small, um, but it is constantly full um, because there is a, a medical school there. And so they rent to medical students and they were asking top dollar, okay? Top, not, not just top, but top, top dollar. And uh, I didn't think anyone would pay this um, and cash it out. It just wouldn't make sense. Uh, but it's a newer building. It's like four years old and it's full. It's 100% occupied. And it pretty much always is 100% occupied. The rents are probably a little bit on the low end and could be raised. So this is basically turnkey, but with a little bit of value add, right? That you can go in and raise rents, let's say 100 bucks each unit, something like that which makes a big difference when you got 68 units. Um, but if you were to get, they were asking over $7 million for the, the property. And if you go and based on the income, and I don't remember what the income was, but I remember looking at it and just basically, hey, if I put down 20, 25%, uh, whatever the going rates were that, you know, would there be any cash flow? And if there was any, it was almost none. And so I told the broker, we're, the only way we're buying this is if we can create terms. And he went back to his clients and they said they'd be open to it, but they had some contingencies. Okay? And the first contingency was they needed a million dollars down payment. And so on a $7 million property, what percentage is a million dollars? About 15, somewhere yeah. on there. Does that work for us? Can make it work, yeah. Yeah, it could work, right? Uh, still less than going to a bank, right? Um, uh, okay. But the problem is, is that even with creative finance, we got to find a way to... If I just told you that at the going rates, which was six months ago from when we're doing this, when rates were significantly less, and I'm telling you that that didn't really work, it's certainly not working today, right? When rates have now gone up. And so they have dropped the price, only a couple hundred grand, and it doesn't even make a difference. Um, but even when I structured the offers, I put together many offers on this property, many. And, uh, and we just weren't getting anywhere. And so finally, I offered more than what they were asking. And, uh, but with principal-only payments. And they were like around $20,000 a month, something like that, $19,500. But they didn't want to carry for that long. And uh, I'm like, you got to carry long enough where this upside down property becomes right side up. And so they agreed to, I think it was five years. And, you know, $20,000 a month 
that's you know one point almost one point two five million dollars in principal paydown. So that's the route that we're going. Million dollars down, twenty thousand dollars a month, principal only payments, and I think we. I don't remember what exactly we raised the price to, but we we raised it maybe three four hundred thousand dollars from what they're asking, but no interest. Okay, and it was agreed to. They all liked it. Everyone was in, except for their attorney. Um, does this ring a bell with you, Cody? Does, yes, you it does. Me? All right. So the the attorney came back and said, "Okay, you have to charge interest," which. This doesn't come up very often, but he's right. Um, at least according to the IRS, he's right. And uh, the IRS doesn't believe in principal-only loans. They think that you are, you know, something's wrong if you're not charging some kind of interest. And if you were to be audited, that the IRS could say, well, we're going to put an interest rate to this. It's called imputed interest. Um, it doesn't happen very often. Um, and it comes up even less with sellers. But just so you understand that if you're making all principal only payments and someone says you can't do that, they're right. Um, and you should understand it. So he said, you got to charge interest. And I said, I can charge interest. I've made like eight other offers with interest, but seller didn't like any of them. Um, so I can tell you if I offer interest, price comes down, term goes longer, um, everything changes. And so they decided they were going to go against the attorney's wishes and they were going to allow no interest. And I said, great, let's sign a contract. The attorney came back for one more issue. And I, I my goal was to wholesale this deal, right? So um, I, I didn't necessarily tell them that, but, um, that was the goal is that uh, we were going to wholesale it. And the attorney said, we want a personal guarantee, okay? which kind of defeats the purpose of why we're doing some creative finances. Most of the time there is no personal guarantee. Now, and just for the listeners, what's exactly a personal guarantee? Personal guarantee means that if I was to default on this loan, that not only can they come after the property, they can come after me for you know anything else that they may claim to be where they're deficient, right? that they were not able to get back all the value. Um, and on, on stuff like this, the, the goal really is more about the asset than, and keep in mind, and I told the attorney this, I'm like, um, the million dollars isn't enough insurance that uh, you know, you're, you're basically selling a brand new property and we're giving you a million dollars. Why isn't that enough? And he said, all right, this is what we'll do. We'll waive the personal guarantee, but we want 2 million down payment and i said absolutely not um and so it blew up the whole deal at the last minute okay and i, I went back to the broker there was a broker involved and i said to the broker we're going to be talking about this property again in three or four months um 
because you you're not going to sell it um and the the offer i just made you was the best offer you're going to get uh the only way we won't be having this conversation is if you absolutely reduce the price significantly and get the property sold well it wasn't three or four months it was like six um but yep, he's back and now he's saying that they think they can work around the personal guarantee and yes they have lowered the price a little bit not significantly but um but that's that is what is was starting to happen in our market right that um everyone has been asking top dollar um and a lot of them are getting it and so brokers and sellers alike think that that's what's going to happen but as the the climate changes as interest rates rise um especially for commercial um you do not have very much your your buying power is reduced right so if you were barely cash flowing at a 3.75% interest rate now you're going to pay 4.75 um you're cash flowing even less if at all and so as this starts to really start to resonate with sellers and brokers you'll start to see some more motivation um, either in terms of price reduction or open to creative finance in the single family world you, you might see it depending on the market but you know buying power from what i i just read not too long ago was someone that could afford an $800,000 property in January now can afford about um, $650,000 property. And so they've lost $150,000 in buying power, which is significant. So the reason I bring this up is that we're talking about one, no interest, which, you know, actually offering more than what the property is even worth. Um, but getting that rapid principal pay down. Um, and could you imagine, I, how do I sign a personal guarantee if I'm not even going to be the owner of the <laughs> property? I, and I probably could have worked that out. Um, you know, uh, I could have made that a requirement of my buyer, but I didn't want it to be. And uh, to be honest, if you go to the bank and get a $7.5 million or $6.5 million loan, uh many banks won't require a personal guarantee some might most won't i think so and as you get into those higher price ranges more and more will not require it so i have a question actually too jeff go ahead um just curious was this like a a lead that a, an apprentice brought yes it was okay yep um and then the second question is since we were talking about notes in the last episode, is there a reason why this property, like you chose to wholesale versus like doing that whole note? Yeah, mostly because um, I'm not really interested in owning properties right now. Um, I'm interested in owning cash flow, and the best way for me to generate cash flow is through notes. Now, if I was to work out, a deal this time around um 
I don't I, I didn't feel like I could do it the last time because we're we're offering more than what the property is worth. And for me to stay in the middle is a little bit risky. Um, uh, I didn't really want to have to raise the million dollar down payment. And I certainly wasn't going to sign the personal guarantee. So this time around, if I'm able to um, work out again, uh, principal only payments, but not have to pay overpay for the property. Now I might consider buying the property and then reselling it on some different terms, right? Um, uh, I'd have to relook at all the how the numbers will work and see if that could happen. Uh, but you know, on something like that, you could generate two, three, four, five thousand dollars a month in cash flow. Um, maybe make, maybe arbitrage the down payment. I don't know. Um, and then hopefully have a pretty nice back end to the whole thing where, uh, you know, if I'm paying principal only and someone's paying me four and a half percent interest, uh, mine's paying down much faster than uh, my buyer's loan is. So, um, but I'm looking at creating passive income through notes, not through assets. So was there a second question? That was the second question. I was just curious if a uh, apprentice oh, you're brought right. that because right. I know you have us call. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I actually brothers. think somehow he is the one that followed up. Um, so oh, nice. for him. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the, the reason that I like that deal is that one, we've had to become really creative uh, and uh, I could probably do two episodes just on the number of offers that have been made on this property um, and the different variations of it, um, trying to find what would be a good fit. Uh, now I feel like the, the fit is going to be more, there's going to be a little more motivation on the seller side. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, can be worked out this time around. Because um, I'm telling you, based on where they are price-wise, that they're still going to, uh, it, we could have this conversation in six more months. So um, we'll see. But um, again, at, you know, we started with that first one where the, the down payment was way too high. And now you can see I, I, I'm more concerned about the down payment on this turnkey type property because there's no reason to get out of this quickly. And now you want to stay in it as long as possible. Um, I even told um, our acquisition manager, when you talk to the broker, I want longer than five years um, because I, I don't want my buyer having to refinance so soon, not knowing where they're going to be interest rate wise and uh so i want seven eight years ten years as opposed to five from before so uh but just the the comparison between the two one i feel like hey the the increased down payment kind of works might not be ideal but it kind of works based on what the goal is um, on the more turnkey, doesn't really work. Um, if that was 30%, that would defeat the purpose of the whole deal. So does that make sense? 
Yeah, it's helpful yeah. to hear what you have going on in your world. So, all right, well, let's wrap this up. Um, hopefully you got something out of it and go out and create the future.